This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gemma Blythe. The Golden Road by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Chapter 24. A Tantalizing Revelation. I shall have something to tell you in the orchard this evening, said the story girl at breakfast one morning. Her eyes were very bright and excited. She looked as if she had not slept a great deal. She had spent the previous evening with Miss Reed and had not returned until the rest of us were in bed. Miss Reed had finished giving music lessons and was going home in a few days. Cecily and Felicity were in despair over this and mourned as those without comfort. But the story girl, who had been even more devoted to Miss Reed than either of them, had not, as I noticed, expressed any regret, and seemed to be very cheerful over the whole matter. "'Why can't you tell it now?' asked Felicity. "'Because the evening is the nicest time to tell things in. I only mentioned it now, so that you would have something interesting to look forward to all day.' "'Is it about Miss Reed?' asked Cecily. "'Never mind.' "'I'll bet she's going to be married,' I exclaimed, remembering the ring. "'Is she?' cried Felicity and Cecily together. The story girl threw an annoyed glance at me. She did not like to have her dramatic announcements forestalled. "'I don't say that it is about Miss Reed, or that it isn't. "'You must just wait till the evening.' "'I wonder what it is,' speculated Cecily, as the story girl left the room." "'I don't believe it's much of anything,' said Felicity, beginning to clear away the breakfast dishes. "'The story girl always likes to make so much out of so little. "'Anyhow, I don't believe Miss Reed is going to be married. "'She hasn't any bows around here. "'And Mrs. Armstrong says she's sure she doesn't correspond with anybody. "'Besides, if she was, she wouldn't be likely to tell the story girl.' "'Oh, she might. There's such friends, you know,' said Cecily.' "'Miss Reed is no better friends with her than she is with me and you,' retorted Felicity. "'No, but sometimes it seems to me that she's a different kind of friend with the story girl "'than she is with me and you,' reflected Cecily. "'I can't just explain what I mean.' "'No wonder. Such nonsense,' sniffed Felicity. "'It's only some girl's secret, anyway,' said Dan loftily. "'I don't feel much interest in it.' "'But he was on hand with the rest of us that evening.' interest or no interest in uncle stephen's walk where the ripening apples were beginning to glow like jewels among the boughs now are you going to tell us your news asked felicity impatiently miss reed is going to be married said the story girl she told me so last night she is going to be married in a fortnight's time who to exclaimed the girls to the story girl threw a defiant glance at me as if to say "'You can't spoil the surprise of this, anyway.' Two, the awkward man. "'For a few moments, amazement literally held us dumb. "'You're not in earnest, Sarah Stanley,' gasped Felicity at last. "'Indeed, I am. "'I thought you'd be astonished, but I wasn't. "'I've suspected it all summer from little things I've noticed.' "'Don't you remember that evening last spring "'when I went to peace with Miss Reed "'and told you when I came back "'that a story was growing? "'I guessed it, "'from the way the awkward man looked at her "'when I stopped to speak to him "'over the garden fence. "'But the awkward man? 
said Felicity helplessly. It doesn't seem possible. Did Miss Reed tell you herself? Yes. I suppose it must be true, then. But how did it ever come about? He's so shy and awkward. How did he ever manage to get up enough spunk to ask her to marry him? Maybe she asked him, suggested Dan. The story girl looked as if she might tell if she would. I believe that was the way of it, I said, to draw her on. Not exactly, she said reluctantly. I know all about it, but I can't tell you. I guessed part from things I've seen, and Miss Reed told me a good deal. And the awkward man himself told me his side of it as we came home last night. I met him just as I left Mr. Armstrong's, and we were together as far as his house. It was dark, and he just talked on as if he were talking to himself. I think he forgot I was there at all once he got started. He has never been shy or awkward with me. But he never talked as he did last night. You might tell us what he said, urged Cecily. We'd never tell. The story girl shook her head. No, I can't. You wouldn't understand. Besides, I couldn't tell it just right. It's one of the things that are hardest to tell. I'd spoil it if I told it now. Perhaps some day I'll be able to tell it properly. It's very beautiful, and it might sound very ridiculous if it wasn't told just exactly the right way. I don't know what you mean, and I don't believe you know yourself, said Felicity pettishly. All that I can make out is that Miss Reed is going to marry Jasper Dale, and I don't like the idea one bit. She is so beautiful and sweet. I thought she'd marry some dashing young man. Jasper Dale must be nearly twenty years older than her, and he's so queer and shy and such a hermit. Miss Reed is perfectly happy, said the story girl. She thinks the awkward man is lovely, and so he is. You don't know him, but I do. Well, you needn't put on such airs about it, sniffed Felicity. I am not putting on any airs, but it's true. Miss Reed and I are the only people in Carlisle who really know the awkward man. Nobody else ever got behind his shyness to find out just what sort of a man he is. When are they to be married? asked Felicity. In a fortnight's time. And then they are coming right back to live at Golden Milestone. Won't it be lovely to have Miss Reed always so near us? I wonder what she'll think about the mystery of Golden Milestone, remarked Felicity. Golden Milestone was the beautiful name the awkward man had given his home. And there was a mystery about it, as readers of the first volume of these chronicles will recall. She knows all about the mystery, and thinks it perfectly lovely. And so do I, said the story girl. Do you know the secret of the locked room, cried Cecily. Yes, the awkward man told me all about it last night. I told you I'd find out the mystery some time. And what is it? I can't tell you that either. I think you're hateful and mean, exclaimed Felicity. It hasn't anything to do with Miss Reed, so I think you might tell us. It has something to do with Miss Reed. It's all about her. Well, I don't see how that can be when the awkward man never saw or heard of Miss Reed until she came to Carlisle in the spring, said Felicity incredulously and he's had that locked room for years. I can't explain it to you, but it's just as I've said, responded the story girl. 
"'Well, it's a very queer thing,' retorted Felicity. "'The name in the books in the room was Alice, and Miss Reed's name is Alice,' marveled Cecily. "'Did he know her before she came here? "'Mrs. Griggs says the room has been locked for ten years. Ten years ago, Miss Reed was just a little girl of ten. "'She couldn't be the Alice of the books,' argued Felicity. "'I wonder if she'll wear the blue silk dress,' said Sarah Ray. "'And what will she do about the picture?' "'If it isn't hers,' added Cecily. "'The picture couldn't be hers, "'or Mrs. Griggs would have known her for the same "'when she came to Carlisle,' said Felix. "'I'm going to stop wondering about it,' exclaimed Felicity crossly. "'Aggravated by the amused smile "'with which the story girl was listening to the various speculations, "'I think Sarah is just as mean as mean when she won't tell us.' "'I can't,' repeated the story girl patiently. "'You said one time you had an idea who Alice was,' I said. "'Was your idea anything like the truth?' "'Yes, I guessed pretty nearly right. "'Do you suppose they'll keep the room locked after they are married?' asked Cecily. "'Oh, no, I can tell you that much. "'It is to be Miss Reed's own particular sitting-room. "'Why, then, perhaps we'll see it sometime ourselves "'when we go to see Miss Reed,' cried Cecily. "'I'd be frightened to go into it,' confessed Sarah Ray. I hate things with mysteries. They always make me nervous. I love them. They're so exciting, said the story girl. Just think, this will be the second wedding of people we know, reflected Cecily. Isn't that interesting? I only hope the next thing won't be a funeral, remarked Sarah Ray gloomily. There were three lighted lamps on our kitchen table last night, and Judy Pineau says that's a sure sign of a funeral. "'Well, there are funerals going on all the time,' said Dan. "'But it means the funeral of somebody you know. "'I don't believe in it much. "'But Judy says she's seen it come true time and again. "'I hope if it does, it won't be anybody we know very well. "'But I hope it'll be somebody I know a little, "'because then I might get to the funeral. "'I'd just love to go to a funeral.' "'That's a dreadful thing to say,' commented Felicity in a shocked tone. "'Sarah Ray looked bewildered. I don't see what is dreadful in it, she protested. People don't go to funerals for the fun of it, said Felicity severely. And you just as good as said you hoped somebody you knew would die so you'd get to the funeral. No, no, I didn't. I didn't mean that at all, Felicity. I don't want anybody to die. But what I meant was, if anybody I knew had to die, there might be a chance to go to the funeral. I've never been to a single funeral yet, and it must be so interesting. Well, don't mix up talk about funerals with talk about weddings, said Felicity. It isn't lucky. I think Miss Reed is simply throwing herself away, but I hope she'll be happy. And I hope the awkward man will manage to get married without making some awful blunder. But it's more than I expect. The ceremony is to be very private, said the story girl. I'd like to see them the day they appear out in church, chuckled Dan. How will he ever manage to bring her in and show her into the pew? I'll bet he'll go in first, or tramp on her dress, or fall over his feet. Maybe he won't go to church at all the first Sunday, and she'll have to go alone, said Peter. That happened in Markdale. A man was too bashful to go to church the first time after getting married and his wife went alone till he got used to the idea. They may do things like that in Markdale, but that is not the way people behave in Carlisle. 
said Felicity loftily. Seeing the Story Girl slipping away with a disapproving face, I joined her. What is the matter, Sarah? I asked. I hate to hear them talking like that about Miss Reed and Mr. Dale, she answered vehemently. It's really all so beautiful, but they make it seem silly and absurd somehow. You might tell me all about it, Sarah, I insinuated. I wouldn't tell, and I'd understand. Yes, I think you would, she said thoughtfully. But I can't tell it, even to you, because I can't tell it well enough yet. I've a feeling that there's only one way to tell it, and I don't know the way yet. Some day I'll know it, and then I'll tell you, Bev. Long, long after, she kept her word. Forty years later, I wrote to her across the leagues of land and sea that divided us, and told her that Jasper Dale was dead, and I reminded her of her old promise and asked its fulfillment. In reply, she sent me the written love story of Jasper Dale and Alice Reed. Now, when Alice sleeps under the whispering elms of the old Carlisle churchyard, beside the husband of her youth, that story may be given in all its old-time sweetness to the world. End of chapter 24 A Tantalizing Revelation